episode of the SUS News Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Egan, uh, where we're going to discuss some more of the relevant issues of the global unmanned technologies community. Let's see here. First off, what I want to do today, we're going to we're going to actually do a um, a recap of the let's say last twelve weeks since inception of the um, SUAS News podcast, and um, I'm supposed to do that with Gene Robinson, but I do not see Gene Robinson on here. Just talked to him just a minute again, or sorry, a minute ago. We'll email him here. Where the heck are you? Family show. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to go over some of what we uh, some of what we have learned in these last 12 weeks. And I've personally learned a lot. The first thing I wanted to do is we were running the uh, a contest for a free download of Gene's book, First to Deploy. And basically what you needed to do was um, sign up on uh, Facebook to be uh, like us or whatever. It was pretty tough. That's what you had to do. Anyway, so that's what you had to do. We had people sign up. I don't know how many people signed up. But anyway, our first deploy winner, contest winner, is Carla Cross. And um, basically, we'll have to get in touch with her and email her a copy of Jean's book, First to Deploy. So, see what happens with that. Um, Let me see. What else do we got here? Uh, okay, the big news of the week, besides Gene not calling in, is uh, I'm, I'm now connected with uh, Donovan, the Sunshine Superman, on LinkedIn, which is good. He's actually a friend of a friend of mine, which is another story for another time. I actually have a, uh, a buddy who is the uh, 17th incarnation of the spirit of art. He's recognized by His Holiness the Dalai Lama. It's an interesting story. We'll have to go into again at another time. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Gene got invited to come to uh, go to D.C. for the uh, the uh, SUS or the Unmanned Technologies or Unmanned Systems Caucus demonstration at the Rayburn House Office Building, and we may go to that one and. Uh, Talk to the people there. There's some interesting people. I think it's Buck McKeenan is the one that's running that. And so we got that rolling. Um, also worthy of discussion is part two of the discerning the culture, ethos, and mechanics of the FAA Unmanned Program Office. Um, that's on the front page of the SUS News today. You should probably go over there and check that out. As... Um, you know, that's an interesting story. It first appeared that uh, we were going to get a little Stonewall action, and uh, but now it appears that uh, the Associate Administrator for Aviation Safety, Peggy Gilligan, has uh, told them to make it so. So they are actually working on my requests. My FOIA request for financial uh, data for the UAPO office since inception, 
And uh, of course, the idea with that is we are trying to um, discern if the the public is or taxpayers getting their money's worth from, um, let's say, what's transpiring in that office. And then also we will match that to the progress reports. Um, pardon me, having a sip of tea. Got to make my own around here. I do not have staff like Gary down there in the uh, Zulu Kingdom. He's, he's living like the proper English gentleman. He's got staff making him tea, fishing, he's living the life of Riley down there in the Zulu Kingdom. Spears throw from Rourke's Drift. Anyway, I did digress from my, my story. But uh, yeah, so we're going to get those progress reports from the UAPO and uh, the financial records. And hopefully we can kind of figure out what's been going on there. In the um, in the unmanned program office for the last couple of years, and see if the taxpayers getting their money's worth. Okay, what else we got going on? Um, I finished another interview for a another news story that I believe is going to be an AP story. That should uh, be a day brightener for some more folks. I know when uh, I do interviews or give statements for uh, certain newspapers and whatever else, the, um, say, people, uh, some people get a little excited about what I have to say, and other people do not. Let's see if we can, we can get uh, Gene on the phone here. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you gonna uh, are you participating in the live podcast that we're doing right now? All right, well, it'd be nice to have you. You know, have you ever heard? Have you listened to the podcast before, Gene? No, I'm teasing. Uh, okay, I'll see you in a second. Okay, fine. Ah, it's fine. Live radio. Anyway, so Gene should be calling in here any second. But yeah, the uh, the article that I contributed to should be good. Actually, uh, the reporter, it sounds like he's kind of got his act together, did a little research, checked some of the facts. That's always kind of hard doing interviews with um, people uh, who don't really understand the technology or applications. Let's see. It looks like we have Gene. Gene, are you there? Hello, I am here. Is this like... Uh... As long as we push away from the gate and close the door, we have an on-time takeoff? Exactly. Well, I've been doing it by myself, you know, for the last, um, oh, I don't know, eight, nine minutes. And uh, I haven't missed a beat, except when I was trying to text you and talk at the same time. That didn't really work out too well. So people were wondering, like, what the, uh, uh, whatever else, um, you know. That's what was going on there. Anyway, so we did talk about some of the stuff. Um, you know, the the winner of the book, the free book download, was a um, Carla Cross, our, our Facebook like, um, that like contest we had going. We talked about your invite to D.C. Could you tell us any more about that? Yeah, that's going to be a pretty interesting deal. It uh, is the Science and Technology Caucus that's held in the foyer there at Congress. And it is intended to educate and demonstrate to those members what technologies are out there and what potentials there are for 
unmanned aircraft specifically. So it's going to be kind of interesting to be able to go out there, put a Spectra up on the table, and show them how we've actually used them for some, some good things. And I don't believe we've uh, violated anybody's privacy or caused one accident in the mass yet in eight years. So uh, well, maybe that'll keep your eyebrows. Yeah, and I think it'll be good for other people to go. I would like to go to what, when, when's the date on that? That would be September 13th. And both houses are in session during that period, so it should be pretty good. Oh, God. I think my schedule stacking up. I'm busier than uh, take on a hound dog from here until it uh, looks like uh, Thanksgiving. But I'd like to make that, I think that'd be perfect for you to get out there and show them. Usually it's the, the usual suspects, as I like to call them, and you've got your uh, barrel environment lineup, you got your scan eagle, you got your flying trash can, which I know the people at Honeywell love when I call it the trash can. Um, well, I think uh, it's actually going to be a little smaller than that. I don't know that uh, the foyer will hold that many people. Hmm. They've done it before, um, but, it, I mean, the, the usual suspects thing is that's what people envision as unmanned aircraft. So it would be nice to get some small business people in there like you to show them something different. Like I've uh, alluded to in the past, uh, when people see the smaller stuff that's not military-grade, they start raising an eyebrow, scratching their head, and say, wow. The FAA is wasting millions of dollars and years of manpower on trying to regulate this. I mean, I'd, I'd have to bring the cracker barrel, put it on a stick. And because uh, when people see that, they go, wait a minute. This is what, hey, man, I know, you know, keeping the ass safe for the everyone, which, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm buying all that. But that's part of the news story that I went into that's on the uh, SUS News website, the, the, uh, the ethos story that I'm doing uh, with the FAA. They actually, I did talk to someone that I know over there in the uh, UAPO, and they're working on my request with the progress reports that have been generated from the UAPO and now the UASIO, and also the financial reports since inception. So it ought to be interesting to see how much money the UAPO is spending and what uh, the taxpayer and the public is getting for their money. I think it'll be a real eye-opener uh, it may cause some outrage. Um, you know, I, I know that running that uh, office cannot be cheap, and uh, years years have gone by and we've got nothing. So, ultimately, the question, you know, we'll have to see and keep an open mind, and, you know, I realize things have happened, and, you know, you got Christmas parties and stuff to do, and but we'll have to see what happened there. It ought to be interesting. I'm definitely interested to see what we've gotten for our money. The other thing I want to do is I'm thinking about, I want to go for a, you know, and you got to tell me what I, you think of this idea, but I'm thinking uh, full-blown flight school. And I'm looking for like an FAA uh, blessed enterprise, kind of like some of the examples that are already out there. What do you think? Think I'm crazy? I think I say no, I think it's a pretty good idea because uh I think there's a couple of folks out there, some of the big boys that are doing it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they're making some good money too, from what I hear. We're we're not talking like, you know, come on down and let me uh whack you for a thousand dollars um for to get trained on a, on our system. Um, I mean it's uh it's a lot of money. And uh these these aren't uh, schools just teaching um 
military people. This, these are uh, civilian contractor deployers. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess that uh, charging people for training, you know, uh, is, is not considered commercial. I, I thought it kind of fit into the definition of, you know, the, the money exchanging hands, like the $1, because that's what the UAPO's definition. If $1 changes hands or in-kind services, no bartering, no nothing, then that's a commercial thing. But if I can train people and I can, I can hit them for, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for a chair, you know, I think I might have just tapped into the mother load. So I'll be looking into that. I'm going to, I'm definitely, uh, I'm told I, I need to speak with Artie Williams about that. You know, me and Artie go way back. I mean, way, oh, yeah. way, way, way back. She, uh, we're on, you know, we, we exchanged Christmas cards and everything. And uh, so I'm going to be talking to her about that. So, you know, it's, it's the, the syllabus thing was timely. The book was timely. It's almost like you couldn't have planned this thing better. I think we're going to be uh, on Easy Street here by Christmas. What do you think? You know, it could happen. And uh, we got a lot going for us, actually, when you consider the uh, the amount of experience and uh, the stuff that we've put on paper. You're there at the Battle Lab. You've done a lot of training uh, stuff there. And it's it's uh, it could be about right. It could be. Right on target. And we got insurance and everything. I mean, I think that we can really put something solid together. And we got eight years of experience. We've we've written the tests. We've <laughs> we got best practices. We got checklists. We got it all covered. I think we're gonna be able to put together the whole program, go through that expedited COA process thing. And like I'm saying, you know, Santa might just have something in his sack for us this Christmas. And that'd be like training, you know, as a school. Where we're uh, training people to operate safely in the nest. I, I think it's a win-win for everyone, and we're gonna we'll work on that, and we'll talk about that progress uh, here on the podcast and on SUS News. I mean, I, I just think it's gonna be a slam dunk, and if if people are interested in getting in on this deal, you might want to contact me um, if you've got something to bring to the table, and. Uh, you know, especially I think the experience too that that, that you bring here, Gene. I, I think that uh, you, you just got years out there, and you've, you've and as you said earlier, you don't have any uh, mishaps, you have no fatalities, you've got uh, pretty good track record. I don't think we've even drawn blood, to be honest with you. All right, and I know you got some big mosquitoes down there in Texas. Yeah, this is true. Well, I, I said that you can see anyway. I might have, you know, skint my knee or something like that or gotten scratched. But it's nothing serious, that's for sure. And uh, we have certainly not had any run-ins with full-scale aircraft. And when you get right down to it, we've flown with full-scale aircraft in a coordinated fashion, and everything worked out just fine. All right. Well, you know, we'll have to, uh, in my spare time, and in your spare time, we're gonna we're really uh, gonna have to put together the paperwork on that for submission. But we got we know the people. We're, we're right there. We we know everybody there. They know what we're flying. They know what we're doing. This this ought to be this isn't some Johnny come lately thing. This this ought to be a expedited slam dunk. All right. Well, I don't, don't want to get too caught up on that because the actually the theme of today's show is uh, kind of reflecting on the first quarter or last three months of the podcast and since it's in uh, inception of this program, which I'm, I'm, I'm presently surprised. How about yourself? 
I'm pretty pleased, actually. Uh, we've been pretty well received all the way around. We've had some really, really good shows. Um, there's been a few that we've had some technical difficulties on, but that's kind of typical of any learning process that we go through. And I think now, other than uh, being able to figure out whether we're on Pacific Daylight Time or Zulu or Central Time, that's been the only uh, issue that we've had so far. Yeah, well, that, you know, even like today, I, uh, you know, I had us all scheduled for 9.30 tonight. But, you know, that's probably because I'm doing too much multitasking and my ADHD and all the rest of that. But uh, we're, we we are interviewing um, intern producers, and that would really free up my schedule to uh, for the show prep and getting the guests and setting up the show and all the rest of that. So maybe I could uh, get a couple of other things done. I got a whole stack of things to get done. So we'll see if that comes online. Um, again, we're following... Yeah, that'd be great. We're following the uh, the Gary Mortimer example. You know, he's got staff down there in Africa. <laughs> We're going to emulate. Um, all right, yeah, so the show has been good. I want to talk about some numbers. And I've, I've learned a lot through the show, through the numbers. And I mean, I don't even know, you know, I've been out there on the Internet trying to look at numbers to see, you know, what good numbers are for downloads and stuff. But that's still kind of subjective. But anyway... Um, you know, I wanted to talk about the shows that have been very popular. And, you know, we did um, the Back to School series. You weren't really a part of that, but it was three half-hour episodes. And basically what we did was uh, talk to these universities that have some programs um, for unmanned technologies, mainly air systems. I did invite – I invited a lot of schools, and I was surprised Embry-Riddle did not come back um, – Kansas State, we just couldn't link up time-wise, but the schools that did come on uh, gave us kind of a wide and varied, let's say, uh, education philosophy, which I thought was kind of interesting, uh, and hopefully the, the idea was for prospective students to say, hey, I could listen to this and decide if this is the school I want to go to, if they're running a program that works for me, and um that series has been, uh, well, it's the only series, so yes, it's been a very, that's our most popular series back to school. Did you catch any of those? Yeah. You know, I, I think, no, I I did get to, after the fact, get to listen to a few of them, and, and I think it's a reflection of where agencies and where people are looking now as to where to get the information that they are really looking for to get into the unmanned aircraft industry. I do think it's a little unusual at this time, though, that there are schools putting together programs for masters and doctorates and things like that when it really hasn't been out there in the civilian end of it that long to be able to, to put together a curricula that is a four-year curriculum. I mean, that's, to me, I'm not sure how all that works. Maybe they've got some really, really good professors there that are writing curiously on, on, the, on that particular syllabus, but... Uh, it's still, it's a reflection that there are a lot of folks out there looking for information. They need the information, and they, they want the industry. So I think it's a, a very clear sign. I, I agree with that. And, I, and I, you know, it is some of the stuff. I talked to another gentleman this morning from England and uh, do some forecasting stuff. And, you know, we were talking about that and uh, the regulations and some regulations are coming on in the UK and Cass has got some stuff in Canada. You can fly. So as this stuff kind of comes online, you got people that want to be poised 
And I, I keep telling my, my uh, clients that, my consulting clients, that you have to be poised for when this, when you get the go code, if you are not like right there, ready to go, uh, you are going to be behind the herd and the herd's going to be out in front of you and you're going to be paying catch up and that's going to be a cyclical thing that's going to take you years to overcome and millions of dollars. So invest now, you know, you're getting some more gold here, uh, invest now and be ready. Uh, but uh, uh, I agree with that. Now, the 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 Unmanned Vehicle University podcast uh, is our is our overall winner too. They had over, you know, are you ready? Eleven thousand downloads thus far uh, for that one episode. Well, you know, Jerry Lemieux is working very very diligently at getting the word out about the Unmanned University. He's working very hard at it. And he is working all social networks, everything that he can get get people to recognize what he is doing over there, and that's paid off. Very clearly, that's paid off. It, it has, and I think it also shows a difference in uh, you know again the psychology of education. Because what I've also discerned from that is he's had eleven thousand downloads, and you're right, he's working the social media hard. And, you know, next in line, and I'm not going to give the downloads, but they're not even anywhere close, is University of North Dakota. North Dakota is a little bit more uh, forward-thinking. And then um, I found from North Carolina State that uh, Dr. Silverberg had a little, seemed to get a little terse with me about me asking, you know, are you going to do any off-campus, any e-learning, any long-distance stuff? And, you know, he said, no, we're more of a traditional university, which, you know, that's fine. And, Danny, you can run your program any way you want. I'm not going to tell you how to run your business, you know. Uh, but I do think that, I mean, even for myself, I'm, I'm actually taking one of these online uh, classes, and it is hard for me to be uh, in the same place uh, once a week for two hours. And I, I've, they're actually lined up. I do that class in the morning. I make all my international calls. I do that class and then the podcast. So by time, by time lunchtime rolls around, I've already got six or seven hours in, you know, and I got to let the cat out at five in the morning. That's bad. We got to get rid of him and <laughs> take him for a ride. Anyway, uh, but I do think that uh, it is reflection. Um, I think that also this business, and I'm going to, I'm going to, talk about the career path that later on down that too, even with these government jobs and consulting and whatever else, a lot of the jobs, I, I mean, I've been looking for a job or more consulting clients or whatever. And a lot of people think that you have to sit in a cubicle somewhere. It's that old style of thinking. Most of these program managers are saying, well, you know, I got to be able to look in the cubicle and you got to be there, which, you know, with today's technology, even the Navy program that I was on, you know, uh, multiple sites, hundreds of people all over the United States, um, and also uh, OCONUS, and we were able to, you know, put it all together and, and you know, internet, cell phones, modern technology, tweet, whatever. So I, I think that more and more as time goes on, people cannot be locked into a cubicle or one spot or a school or there's no way I could go to a school for four years. I, I, I can't take four years off. You know, I can't yeah, even take a month off. Yeah, that's, that's difficult to do, uh, you know, especially as you push out into the business world to, to stop and put everything on hold for four years or 
or to try to juggle both is just extremely difficult. Yeah, there's. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I mean, you know, it's just it's not practical. A lot of people too. When I'm uh, if when I was looking for jobs or I'm looking for jobs, you know, well, do you have an engineering degree in this field? And we're looking for somebody with a, you know, it's like there there are no real universities that have been around long enough for you to really get a degree in something that uh, is going to apply to that. Or they're looking for uh, qualifications for somebody. I mean, there's like a small handful of people on the planet. I should probably go into that more. We we could do another show about trying to get hired in the unmanned aircraft remote sensing, um, you know, field. And maybe we'll do that in the future. Yeah, we could. We could talk a long time about that, things to look out for, the pitfalls, the trials and tribulations, and, and whatever else. But anyway, we got off the track of the numbers. Now, the, the second runner-up for uh, the most downloads is the first to deploy, the one we did about your book, and that's yep. had over 5,000 downloads. And, you know, the one thing that I think that we did forget to do in there, and I'm not sure if we did or not, but, you know, was the, the website address of that. And since we're on it, one more time, Amigo. It is suasnews.com slash first dash two dash deploy. Okay. Because I have had people uh, listen to that and ask me, and I don't know if they just missed it or we didn't go over it or whatever else. But again, if you you know you want to get the book, email me. People have been emailing me, and I've been trying to forward that on to you. Uh, people are interested in, in learning that, and if you're not interested in learning that, there's something wrong with you or reading it. Well, that's how I, I feel. I think, I think Patrick, what the real appeal is on this is that it's it's a book that is based not on theory but actual practical experience in the field. And I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback, and the mission portion of the book is what tends to appeal to people the most. You know, you were out there, you were in this environment, you were required to do this, and you flew that, and uh, this was the outcome of it. it, it you know, it, it's nothing about theory and, and whether it should work or would work. This is what did work, and this is what we use in the field, and this is how we use it, and I think when you get right down to brass tacks, that's what people are really, really looking for, it's, you know, give me the quick start guide on how to get into UA, and I know that's kind of a, you know, funny thing to say about getting into UAs, because it's never an easy task to jump off into something that can be as complex as this, but you don't have to go through a whole bunch of theory to get to the point where you can actually use a remote sensor or use a UA with uh, a digital imager in it, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, the applications that you're talking about and uh, the, the empirical knowledge that you bring to the table here is really what's going on is you're saying, hey, I've distilled it down. Uh, this is the, the size of aircraft. Here's what you can do. Uh, this is what this uh, this aircraft can uh, bring to a search or a police department or a fire or whatever. And, then, you know, I just want to flash on that real quick because that was one thing that I, I tried to impart on this reporter that I just did this news story for. And I said, you know, really, we're getting caught up in all the minutia of privacy and, and you know, the, the FAA is coming in here. And, oh, my God, the sky is falling, you know, which is uh, – it bothers me, you know. The GA pilot 
sitting in the cockpit, for some reason, his eyesight's magical. He can see infinity. But, you know, I, I'm a UAS pilot, and I'm on the ground, and I can only see to 1,500 feet. I can only deconflict 1,500 feet of airspace. My, my, that, that's my BS detector pegging right there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it bugs me, but, you know, all of that aside, this technology can change our lives for the better. People say, well, that's, that's a broad brush, man. You're saying, yeah, that's pretty, wow, you're way out there. No, not really. You know, uh, it's going to save municipalities money. It's going to save farmers money. We're going to drop production, animal husbandry, you know, or ranching or whatever else. There's a lot of applications that this is going to save people money, time, and uh, farm inputs, whatever else. And it's going to be better for all of us. So let's get it out there. Let's start using it. And I think that that's what your book has in there. This is, this is a case study. This is, you cannot deny this. This has happened. And, you know, the safety record that you were talking about. So I'm glad to see that that was the, the, the second most popular show with 5,000 plus downloads. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, you're probably getting, I don't know if this has occurred to you or not, but since you did an EPUB, because I, I had actually uh, done the numbers on the little EPUB that I did that, um, uh, compilation of stories and editorials, and uh, I even wrote a uh, article, two-page article for Unmanned Technologies or Unmanned Systems Magazine, the AVSI Magazine, and we were interested. Yeah, Unmanned Systems. We were interested to see how many uh, sales I had after a two-page article in that magazine over at Amazon. I had uh, six downloads that month, and the book is a dollar which is a lot of money. Um, but, man, if you find it, it's over there on Google. I had like uh, 1,200 downloads. So, believe it or not, I think, you know, your your book is probably getting passed around. Did you, did you, think, did you think maybe it's getting pirated a little bit? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, yeah, I think that since we didn't uh, do the tricky password protection and things like that, it tends to tick people off because they have to enter a password every time you you open the thing, which really bugs me as well. Um, we did. We just kind of left it open and and uh, let folks download it. And I, without a doubt, I I know of a couple of folks who have already uh, contacted me and said, you know, hey, this is great, and want to talk to you more about it. <laughs> and they didn't. They just didn't go to the website to get the book. Right. Not that big of a deal. And I I wasn't trying to to do to get rich or to do anything like that. <laughs> I'm a you know a bestseller on Wall Street and all that stuff, uh, but I, more than anything else, is to get the information out and to let folks know that it could be done, and it could be done for a reasonable amount of money, and that it could make a difference. And that's why it was so specific to search and rescue and to law enforcement. Well, and, and you know the other thing is, is you might not get rich on the book, but when we open up this this uh, flight school, you know the the uh, I think that uh, that's where the money is. And if we can get the kind of money that these, these other companies, these, let's say, established um, vendor companies are getting a, a seed for training, um, it's it'll all be worth it. So we'll, just, we'll see, you know. And I think it's good, too, that you got the information out there. I think that really it was a milestone, and you're doing a, a service for the whole community. It'd be nice to uh, realize some remuneration on that, but... Uh, 
you know, hang in there. I think it's good. It's just definitely good. And um, and then it, that leads to our, our third most downloaded show was the inaugural um, show that we did, the uh, SUAS Search and Rescue, and we had about 2,300 downloads on that. So people are definitely interested in this, this topic, and um, I think that that's all good. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and, and I know you have, you're probably going to want to talk about this too, and let's let's talk about our favorite shows. And I'll let you go first. Which out of this is show 15, uh, but out of out of that, uh, what was your favorite show, Gene? I've got to say that I was most fascinated with the Boca Bearing show. Me and too. The things that they were doing to promote the science and technology of not just bearings, but uh, to use rotating things, to, to use things that, uh, you know, need to be friction to get things going. I thought that was so fascinating. And then to give away a 3D printer. I thought that was so cool. I agree. I uh, I was uh, I thought it was great. It was also that, you know, American success story and, you know, his dad wanted to get into this thing and you can, you know, it takes passion to stay on the phone with somebody for 45 minutes and walking them through something. Um, I liked that whole deal, small business. I thought it was fascinating. I went over there, I checked out some of the projects. I don't know if you did, but you know, that's the, that sphere he was talking about that walked like a crab and could climb and roll. And, you know, I was like, wow, it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, I, that's a perfect thing. I want to, um, I want to help them out next year. I will say, though, that unfortunately, that is our lowest performing show. The least amount of downloads. It is. I, I thought it was a fun, uplifting show. I didn't, we didn't, it was no Debbie Downer in that. It was all good. Um, it's just kind of interesting. But I like that one, too. I also like the driverless car thing. I think we got a lot of information out of that uh, as far as product liability moving forward with uh, commercializing this technology, but whatever. I enjoyed the global update with Peter von Blyenberg. It was a little bit of uh, feedback and, and echo on that one, but Peter's a very interesting guy, very passionate uh, fellow, very knowledgeable about what's going on. Um, and I thought that that conversation was pretty good. Uh, you know, gave people a pretty good overlook of what's cooking. Yeah, and you know, the, the interesting thing about that conversation was is that over there across the pond, they're dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with. And it's a little disconcerting to me that they are moving so far ahead and that they are making progress. And it makes a statement to me as to what our process is doing. And I wish we could get that pushed off the top dead center. It just kind of brought that out to me. Did it to you? Well, I uh, I agree. I think that what we have here is is the difference in procedure. Now, I'm not going to say that you don't have large military vendors in their process, which they do, but the Europeans are doing something totally different. And the Europeans, the EU, if you have a company like your company, and this is the difference here, like your company, you can actually get money from the European Union to develop your business, you know, and you also have countries where it is legal to fly. Okay, that's not what's happening here in the United States. This effort is being suppressed, and the only people that are getting money to develop projects are the military vendors, and the only, and the people really riding this one in are the vendors. 
And again, you know, I'm going to beat the drum, but people sitting here, you know, their apathy, it's like, you know, is it Jonah's fault? You know, he allowed himself to get eaten by the whale, and you're going to just sit in the whale's belly and uh, whinge? Or are you going to do something? And, you know, over there in Europe, you've got a lot more participation from small business. Maybe because they have some money because the EU is putting money in their uh, systems. But that kind of also kind of chaps my eye because here we got a, a deal where when this deal goes legal in the United States and you got the systems from China and Europe and these guys are flush with cash because uh, they've had money inflows and been able to sell. And then there's a guy like you sitting over there who's been hanging on by his fingernails for years waiting for the uh, FAA to come up with, you know, and I, I, I'm not even going to call it common sense regulation. I mean, this is a proposed envelope that's going to come out when people see this, and this really hits the streets. You know, the, the small U.S. arc recommendations that were put out in two, April 1st of 2009, which is the date that apropos, I think people are going to be blown away of how silly it is. It took you, you know, you're going to come back and go, oh, it took you, you know, uh, eight years to come up with this, huh? I mean, it's, it'll be, it'll be, and besides shameful, it's going to be embarrassing. And if it isn't embarrassing, uh, then it, you know, I think some people have been inside the beltway for too long. Because, and because, uh, you know, and I was going to bring this up later on in the show is, you know, basically what's happening here is the FAA is handing off the goods that laid the golden egg. Okay. To the, to the Chinese. And the other thing I'm going to, I'm going to go on the record. I got to go on the record with this one. And this is getting off of the show topic, but since we're here, you know, people talk about the first major mishap that happens with unmanned aircraft here in the uh, in the U.S. And they talk about that, and it's going to put the industry back years, and oh, it's going to go in the tank, and yeah, well, we'll never get off the ground. I contend that the first big mishap has already happened, okay, and it's happened at the hands of the FAA. And I'm going to go further and say, because they know that thousands of people are out there flying, and remember it was all about safety and do no harm. Somebody read a bumper sticker, and it was cute. Uh, and we don't, you know, we, we can't risk the safety, the safety of the NAS. We, we can't do this. We can't do that. All the numbers are made up on the safety numbers. You know, the, the, the contractor that did the report for the NTSB will tell you basically, NTSB did a report. The numbers are worthless. For the, uh, yep. the GA, that 10 to the minus 6, that's made-up numbers. And we can make up numbers like that and be uh, as safe as uh, them or safer. Anyway, the point of this diatribe is is when the first loss of life happens with unmanned aircraft, you know, that, that scenario they talk about where it goes in and hits the airliner and goes down and all the rest of that, I'm laying that directly at the feet of the administrator of the FAA. Right now we have an acting one. But the buck has got to stop somewhere. The the uh, inanity has got to stop somewhere. You cannot go on for eight years, seven, eight years, and say, well, we just, you know, we, we still need to collect some data. And we got to come up with a plan. And we got to, you know, sorry, not going to happen. You know, it's been out here. They know it's been happening. FAA in uh, Washington told people how to operate back in 2001. So what are we now? 11 years? Yep. We got nothing. So, and they know what's going on, and then if any, okay, here, okay, I, I'm going to I'm gonna state this once more for the record. Anyone over at the FAA who hasn't been on the internet and doesn't know how to use the internet or Google, just Google aerial photography and see how many thousands 
of websites come up of people that are using uh, RC aircraft, unmanned aircraft, autonomous aircraft, whatever, to do aerial photography and all these other jobs that we've already talked about. There's police departments out there using it. Everybody's doing it. And um, just in case you missed it. But uh, my, my thing with that is if you're in that office and you have missed that and you're unawares that this is going on out here and the, the tens of thousands of people flying around weekly, you might want to look for another job. That might sound harsh, but, you know, if, if you can't use the Internet to uh, discern what's going on in your NAS and the NAS that you're trying to, to get all the safety on, you might this may not be your call. I don't know. But anyway, all of that aside, first mishap directly at the feet of the administrator. That's all I got to say on that. And, and you think I'm out, uh, is that a little outlandish, or what do you think, Gene? No, it, it, like you say, it's harsh, but uh, gosh, it, it, the blind eye that's being turned toward the mask in so many different areas, not only unmanned, but manned as well, we've, we've seen that. Uh, it kind of gives one cause for pause. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I don't think yeah. personally. Well, I mean, I just look to the other, um, you know, people, oh, you just you can't rush these things. You know, it's all about safety. It's all, you know, we got to do, there's checks and balances and there's this and that. And I say horse puggy. And it can be done, and it can be done swiftly. And all one has, and I'm not making this stuff up. All you have to do is look at light sport aircraft. And you know, I mean, if you look at light sport aircraft, the, the feet—they're holding our feet to the fire to match the the fars for commercial aircraft. Where you can light sport aircraft, you don't even need a you, your driver's license is good. And to add insult to injury, again, go back and I've asked this question. You can you can teach people to fly in a light sport aircraft. And again, the anytime you own a dollar, that's commercial. So is that commercial? I thought you couldn't do commercial in LSA. But anyway, LSA got pushed right on through. That boy, that one, they greased the skids and that one ran through. And they keep pointing to it. Well, they don't point to that anymore because I think it's embarrassing. They, in the beginning, remember at ASTM, look at LSA. You know, look at F-37. Look what they were able to do. They don't point to that anymore because we're, we're still out in the lurch. And then also I'm going to go to a commercial space flight. You know, look at look at the commercial space flight thing. That thing is so loose and fast. The, the only thing holding that back is commercial liability insurance. No one is going to indemnify them. Nobody. There is not an insurance company anywhere that's going to do that. And they have an aircraft that weighs a lot. It could come down from a great altitude at a high velocity somewhere in the NAS. Well, and not only that, when you get the first, uh, you know, space, space plane load of passengers burn up on reentry, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to re reincarnate Shelly Winter, reincarnate Shelly Winters, man, because it's gonna be a you know uh, one of those disaster movies, and you know what happened here and looking around, and uh, I know they tried to pass some legislation to, to indemnify themselves because they can't get insurance, but those are two examples. Look there. Uh, you're going to see examples of, of getting stuff done when you're motivated. Um, but anyway, we're, we're coming down. We have half two-minute warning, and we're getting down to the 
under 60 seconds. And again, I was thinking, man, can we talk about this for 45 minutes? We kind of got off the track. But anyway, this I, I like this uh, pro- podcast program. I think we've got some uh, stuff in the future. And, I, and I, it's only uh, up from here. You know. And, you know, we need to get folks thinking about what they would like to hear on the podcast so they can contact Patrick directly and let him know what they'd like to see. Monetization, new uses, whatever, throw them out there. We'll see if we can get them on. Well, I did have someone say that they wanted to hear how to make money in this field, and uh, I did tell the gentleman that it would be an extremely short show. I could probably run it down in the last 15 seconds we have here, but we'll save it. Uh, we will talk about that. We've got some other um, topics in the future, but again, yes, Patrick at suasnews.com, and we'll try and get that on in the future. Again, Gene, thanks, and I'll be talking to you soon, buddy. Okay, sorry I was late. I'll be better next time. That was my fault. No problem. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Bye.